Welcome to At the Table, a play reading series, brought to you by Charging Moose Media. This week, we're sitting down with the playwright of What If Oreos Were All That Was Left, Molly Burdick. Be sure to also listen to her fantastic play and our interview with the cast on previous episodes. Enjoy! Welcome back. We are here today with the author of What If Oreos Were All That Was Left, we are here with Molly Burdick. Molly, welcome to At The Table. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. This was so exciting. Um, Molly was just in the room kind of listening through with us as the actors read the piece, which is something we don't normally get to do. Yeah, thank God for Zoom. I hope you, thank God for Zoom. I hope you don't mind that I, it was one of my favorite things that we've gotten to do to um, watch you watch them read your show. Um, it was awesome. It was really- Oh, a, I love that. A delight. Um, so. Let's kick off with, um, who are you? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you Zooming from right now? How are you also is a big one that we would love to check in on. Yeah. How you doing? And then maybe just a little bit about your, your writing and your background. My name is Molly Burdick. I'm currently Zooming from Syracuse, New York, but I live, big air quotes, in Brooklyn. Um, I just got out of the city as soon as possible to be with my family and my dog. So... Here I am in my childhood closet, um, and I'm, you know, I'm doing as well as one could expect to be doing. Can you tell us a little bit about your writing or about your um, creative work in general? Sure. I'm a writer. I'm also an actor and a podcaster, and I also did a lot of theater management work up until the very recent past, and will continue to do theater management work in the future. Hell yeah. Um, I had one play produced in New York City, one full-length play called Light Green Moss, and that was put up with a company, a small company called Ruthless Nightingale Productions, and we did it at Alchemical Studios, and it was super fun. I am writing, like, little things here and there, and now I'm trying to write a book, so. Oh. Yeah. What's the book about? The book is going to be, like, a young adult novel, but um, it's about one person's kind of a, a supernatural being and it's gay and as you know as the books are these days i would so, read the but, i would re please re write it faster i would read the hell out of that i'm working on it i i figured now is a good time to like do it i have a podcast as well called pod and prejudice you can find us everywhere at pod and prejudice and i'm reading jane austen for the first time right now we're working our way through pride and prejudice we are almost done um which is wild i don't know how this book is gonna end but you can hear my live updates like of me reading the book with my friend who is really into jane austen and that's what the podcast is about i love jane austen so i'll tune in i love that you love jane austen <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did you get into the, the theatrical world? What, like what led you down this path? Yeah. Okay. High School Musical. When Nailed that it. came out, I was in, I don't know, maybe fifth grade. Oh, I'm so old. Oh, God. I, I know I'm young, and but <laughs> but I was obsessed. And, sure. And um, then my local children's theater did a production of it, like, the following year and I played a skater girl in the background and then after that I did all of the plays at the children's theater until I was in high school then I went to college for theater and I went to Skidmore 
Oh. Shout out. To Shout them. out Skidmore. Yeah. They had a great program and I like concentrated in acting and playwriting. And then after college, I didn't know like what my, my path was going to be because it seemed like there was a very specific kind of path for people who wanted to move to New York and do theater. I ended up moving to Connecticut and working at the O'Neill Center there. Great. Yeah, it was really awesome. I worked there for a year, first as an apprentice working with the students and like helping organize their day-to-day schedule. And then in the summer, I was in company management. While I was in Connecticut, I wrote my first full-length play. And then I came to New York and a friend of mine was like, I want to put up your play. And I was like, take it. That was like Green Moss. Yes, that was like Green Moss. And then I also started podcasting because I wanted a creative outlet that was like immediate and that I had control over because the theater world is so like, you never know what's going to happen. You never know if like your play is going to get picked up. But like podcasting, I was like, I can do this when on my terms and release the episodes on a schedule and people will listen to it and people do listen to it and they email us and it's like all immediately gratifying and I love it. And can I, um, I want to hear a little bit more about this first play. So like Green Moss, your friend approached you and said, we have to do this. What's the, what's the piece about? It is about two women who were together, but for some reason they are no longer together. And then they both accidentally end up at their summer cottage for two weeks at the same time, not knowing the other person was going to be there. And I, with, um, I worked with a dramaturg for putting it up and, Working with her, I figured out that one of the characters actually wasn't really there in the house, and we figured out that she had died. And that was why they weren't together anymore. And what the play is about is about the living character figuring out that this death, which was a suicide, was she can't continue putting all of this blame on the other person for leaving her, where she has to figure out what in the relationship was like on her and and come to terms with like instead of needing to have this conversation with Ronnie who's the the dead character um she needed to have the conversation with herself so in the end of the play spoiler alert Ronnie leaves and allows the living character Caroline to confront this within herself uh who was the dramaturg you worked with over this process her name's Harley Winsenreed shout out Harley where did the piece get put up It was put up at Alchemical Studios. We just, like, rented that space. But the theater company was called Ruthless Nightingale. And what was that process like, your first production of a piece in New York? It was, like, the happiest I've ever been. I had people from, like, all walks of my life come together to help make it happen. Um, My director was a friend of mine from college who had directed me in my senior project. The publicity team came from The O'Neill, came from Theater for a New Audience, where I was working. And... Just, like, people literally from everywhere that I had been in the past, like, five years came out of the woodwork to help put it up. And then the weekend of the show, like, my family came out and all of my friends came to see it. And it was just so great. And I was so happy. That's amazing. Like, a full community getting to uh, make this work. Is it available on New Play Exchange? Can people find it? It's not. I should make that happen. Is it a two-hander? Is it just the two people? Yeah, it's just the two people. Yeah, you gotta get that up on New Play. You gotta get that up. (laughs) Theaters need some two-handers. Yeah, you're right, because now this is the only way that we can put up plays is via Zoom. 
And awesome. that brings us a little bit to this piece. What if Oreos were all that was left? Uh, what was the genesis of this? Where did it come from? What did you, uh, why? All of the, all of the questions about this piece. So I don't know if you all know, I think you know that there was a group of people online who were wanting to do a quarantine bake-off, bake-off as created by Paula Vogel. Shout out Paula Vogel. Shout out Paula Vogel. Uh, sponsor of the pod, Paula Vogel. Sponsor of the yes. pod, Paula Vogel, and sponsor of uh, Alyssa May Gold's Broadway show. Yeah, Paula, Paula Vogel, Alyssa May Gold's uh, boss right now. Yep. Yeah. For people who don't know what a bake-off is, you get a list of five or six items that must be included in your play, and you get 36 hours to write it. And all of the plays that were submitted had these same five things. And um, the five things were a light in the darkness, an empty theater, stadium, or store, a dance, a virtual dance or duet, which was in mind the dance of the Oreo, there was a flower was a bonus one. Hand sanitizer was one. And there was one more. Um, oh, a moment of mass panic. I'm going to be honest with you. I assumed the Oreos were part of it. That's awesome. How did? What brought you to Oreos? Well, I know you were asking the actors what their quarantine snack is. Oh, hey, is this going to segue really well? It's going to segue super well. I yeah. love Oreos. And the day before I left the city, my friends from, I'm in a theater company also called The Journalist, shout out. Um, shout out. They came to my apartment with like a gift basket for me. They came to my house and they brought me a giant family-sized package of Oreos and I ate them in three days and then, I'm impressed at your self-control. That's like a, that's <laughs> like an afternoon of that's an afternoon and some whiskey for me. Yeah, and I had a I had a long car ride, so I was surprised that they weren't gone faster. Yeah, so then I had Oreos like on the brain because that was all I was eating for three days, and I thought, you know, if Oreos were the last food, I was kind of playing with this concept of like childhood being taken away from you because like if you're a kid you're like yeah I could fucking live on Oreos that would be awesome but then if you're actually living on Oreos and you don't have your family anymore and you're all on your own what do the Oreos become? Stuart's line of of we're living on carbs and sugar of course is so good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now uh Everyone listening to this should have already heard the short play version, but if not, pause now and uh, go, back. go listen to it. It's not yeah. that, guys. It's even easier of an assignment than normal because it's it's, it's you're in your shorter out. than everything else. It's a short that play. What to? is wrong with you all? Just pause <laughs> it and come back because um, it's spoiler time. But uh, in your mind, Molly, what happened to everybody? Where are the parents? Where is everybody? So in my mind, everyone is dead. And these kids are on their own. They don't leave their rooms except for to replenish their water supply and to go to the grocery store, which I've, I've decided everyone who's still alive gets a day uh, and a time slot to go to the grocery store. And that's why they were talking about it's not her turn to go today. It's her turn to go on Friday. Oh, um, I thought it was like a looting situation. Like they were doing like round robin looting. Interesting. Yeah, no, it's like a government instituted, this is your time. Is this a year and a half from now from this current crisis in the real world? Is this a year and a half from now in coronavirus universe? That was where it came from. And I guess in, in my mind, it was that. But I also wanted to leave it kind of vague enough that like we weren't sure like any kind of disaster could have caused this. 
so you know you said you've you've left new york to go to go uh back home right mm-hmm. so how are you taking care of yourself how are how, what are what are some tips you have on self-care if you have any or how are you doing in the midst of all of this well I wouldn't say I'm the best at self-caring um, <laughs> right now. I have been searching really hard to figure out how to take care of myself. And the th- main thing that I've found is just reading as many books as possible. I-, I read two books in one week, which is a lot for me. And now I'm starting a new book series. And they're all like escapist fun. I'm also reading a memoir for book club which is going to be over Zoom. It's kind of cool how much we've connected with each other so much more than... Shout out to Zoom. Shout out to Zoom. Actually. Yeah. Also, another way that I've been taking care of myself is by picking up the phone and calling people and FaceTiming people that normally I wouldn't. And it's so nice to be able to do it from my own house. And therefore, I am doing it more. Yeah. I, I We talked about Oreos. Are there any other snacks or foods that have really been pulling pulling you through for those last couple weeks? Well, when I was in New York, it was popcorn with vegan butter and nutritional is, yeast. Popcorn is the is the unofficial mascot of at the table. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah, truly. And um, since I've come home, actually, you know what's a weird a weird food that my mom had that I finished, but that I was eating a lot of is this. It's a Kalamata olive spread. Oh yeah, sure. A top yeah. and I love a top that. and odd. And I was just dipping little chips in there. Oh yeah, who doesn't mm. love a top and odd? I yeah. love a top and odd. I made a face. This is audio. Ned, get your shit together. No, I'm doing a lot of faces. It's hard because we're on Zoom, right? I mean, I did put on mascara for the first time in three weeks today. Wow, I am not. I didn't. I don't even know if I brought my makeup home with me. Maybe I did. I. I can't tell you why I did it. It's because I I knew we'd be on a Zoom call about it. But mascara, not a sponsor of the pod. If you want any more information on Molly Burdick, on her incredible writing, including Light Green Moss uh, and What If Oreos Were All That Was Left, um, soon to be spotted on New Play Exchange, uh, you can go to our website. It's www.chargingmoosemedia.com slash at the table podcast. Until next time, we hope everyone is staying safe and healthy and well. We hope you're staying home and If you need to email us for snack ideas for anything at all, um, please do so. Please reach out. Our email is at the table readings at gmail.com. Be well. And thanks so much for joining us, Molly. Thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. You've been listening to At the Table, a play reading series produced by Charging Moose Media. Our artistic director and senior producer is Rachel Flynn. Editor is Ned Donovan. Associate producer is Megan Bagala. Music this week is by Marcus Thorne Bagala. Special thanks to our playwright, Molly Burdick. If you'd like to learn more about our show, you can find us online at chargingmoosemedia.com slash podcast or on social media at at the table plays. See you next time.